Welcome to the Eat Right Nutrition Podcast, where we partner with experts in the health, wellness, and nutrition field to deliver you an excellent variety of content based on real science, real facts, and real food. I'm your host, Daron. And I'm Nicole. And today, Fit with Sama. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 101 of the Eat Right Nutrition podcast. Today, we have a very special guest back on our show for the second time, our good friend Sama, who is also known as Nutrifitopia on Instagram. So go check her out because she has a fabulous page, especially if you speak Farsi. Sama, what's going on? Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. Hello, friend. Hello, what's going on? So excited to be here. Be back here, actually. We're excited to have you, as always. And we're excited for a discussion about a few things. I want to kind of catch up and see where you are in terms. I want to talk about where you are in terms of your life, all the transitions that you've made recently. Uh, And then I also want to talk about your workouts, your nutrition, and I want to dive into, and I think that this is a great conversation for our listeners, because I do want to dive into some of the challenges that you might face or some of the solutions I'll say that you, because I know that you're a very solution oriented person, some of the solutions that you are finding for yourself with all of the work and all the traveling that you're doing. Doing. Um, but I guess the first thing I want to do for people who are listening to this episode who don't know you, I want you to kind of give us a or give us again a um, kind of brief introduction into who you are and what you're currently doing. Absolutely. So as you guys know, my name is Sama and I've been in the fitness industry for the past, uh, I believe, 13 years. It's such a long time. And it's crazy when I look at those numbers. It's funny because uh, I've never been into uh, fitness. I didn't actually enjoy working out or doing in a sport when I was a teenager. But for some reason, I got into fitness and weightlifting and I was hooked and I was so uh, excited to see the changes uh, in my body year over year. And I decided to quit architecture, which was actually my major uh, in college. And uh, I'm actually, I actually finished it, but uh, I never pursued um, to work as an architect. And I decided to become a fitness trainer. And since 2010, I started doing some personal training and teaching some classes, some group classes. And I believe about four or five years ago, I picked up nutrition coaching. And that was a great uh, value and add on to uh, my whole career. Um, and uh, so I can actually say I'm a coach, not just a trainer. That's right, girl. One of the best. Oh, thank you. So talk to us about what you got going on from a business end. I know you've been launching some online programs. Yeah, so I uh, started my own online business uh, since the beginning of the pandemic. But in the beginning, since I believe that I, I'm going to go back to the gym and I'm going to go back to training my old clients. Um, so I didn't take it very serious. It was basically more of a, like a fun side job in the beginning. Uh, you know, like so much uncertainty during the pandemic uh, that we've all been going through. But when I went back to the gym and I actually saw that it's nothing like uh, before pandemic and a lot of my clients, they didn't have any interest to come back because they haven't been vaccinated yet. So I started picking up more of an online clients and it started like growing and growing. And I was to the point that I decided to go on my own. Um, And last year in May, I launched my group program, which is called Fitbit Sama. And this program is a strength training program, body transformation program uh, that I designed uh, to be as a group setting uh, program, which is um, basically valuable for both men and women who is trying to get stronger, change their physique. The people that basically don't have that much of limitation and they're interested to work out four times a week in the gym or at home. So I have in two versions. 
And uh, last month, I it was the anniversary of this program, and I was very excited that I have almost like 300 people in this program, and it's been just growing over the time. And uh, I'm looking forward to have more people in Nutrifitopia family. And also, I'm planning to uh, start some other group programs. Right now, I only do nutrition coaching 101, but that's the other thing that I'm very interested. I'm right now. I'm planning a group nutrition coaching uh, program, which is going to be either an eight weeks or 12 weeks program um, that I can actually help more people because as my, basically my Instagram pages started growing over the uh, years and I had more followers. So I saw that this is a great opportunity for me as a coach that in the past, when I was working with clients at the gym, I was only like, you know, able to see roughly like 30 clients a week. Uh, and now I can reach out to thousands and thousands of people and I can change their lives. And this is a great feeling for me every single day that uh, I think this is this is what I was built for to help people to get better, to get healthier. And now I have a bigger audience. So why not? I can help more people all around the world. Mainly, I'm trying to have more influence in Persian community, which I see so much of opportunity because there are not that many people who is trying to, I mean, let, let me put it this way, not trying to, it's basically like, I don't see that many people, especially for women who is promoting strength training. And we all know that how much is important for women, for bone density, for mental health, for cognitive health, and getting stronger, carrying a baby. And over the time when they're, you know, in their 40s or 50s, going through like menopause. So strength training is a very solid, uh, important factor in their lives. But not that many people, they still you know, they don't even know about the benefits of strength training. So I, I believe this is this is my responsibility to get out there, try to get more people to understand the importance of strength training. And hopefully I can have more effect in the world. Amazing. I first of all, I can't believe that it is actually a year that you have been only a year. I mean, it's been a year, but only a year. Which it feels so weird, but you recently relocated too, which I want to talk about. This is why I want to talk about all of your travel and just from a nutrition standpoint and a workout standpoint, I think it's so important because we get a lot of clients that are traveling for either the summer. We know they're traveling through holidays. So yeah. So uh, recently in the beginning of this year, I moved to Switzerland, but uh, as you all know, I travel a lot and I love traveling. Uh, and that's a big part in my life. And when I, my clients come to me and they're like, yeah, you know, I booked this trip in two weeks. Um, you know, I'm going to miss my workouts or I don't know what I, what should I do with my nutrition? I'm like, I got you. I'm like the <laughs> expert. So <laughs> uh, <let> me, it, <laughs> I want to ask you, how do you, how do you personally handle yeah. that? And then how do you yeah. handle that with clients? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So I have, for me, it's always about plan B or try to maximize what you have currently and what can you do to do your best with that situation. What I can see uh, in majority of people that they're still kind of newbie in, in fitness world, they're always too worried about like not being perfect in their yes. plan. Yeah. So mm -hmm. if, you know, if they set up like, oh, I need to do four times a week strength training, I need to hit like 10,000 steps per day, I need to hit 150 grams of protein per day. And then if, you know, they go down to like 120 grams of protein, or if they miss or miss a workout or the steps go down, they feel such a failure that they just let it go and let it drop. And then they just quit right away after a day or two that they're, they're missing those metrics. But what I try to achieve here, I'm trying to look from a different perspective that it's totally okay if you're not hitting 10,000 steps every day because you're in a situation that it doesn't allow you. But what if we keep a realistic goal for that week or that day that you can adhere that without being ashamed or without feeling a failure. So it's always about plan B. What can you do to make that happen? And I try because, or, or maybe because I've been, you know, doing it for such a long time, for so many times 
um, in my life that I try to adjust so quickly. And for me, I just bounce into that situation right away. So if you put me from, so when I moved from Switzerland back to Boston for a few weeks, I'm not to move back. Actually, I'm like basically traveling <laughs> here for a few weeks uh, because I have some unfinished business. But what I did, because I don't have an access to the gym here. So I'm like, no problem. I'm going to work out at home. I have a 10 pounds dumbbell. I also have a set of five. I have a mat. I have my resistant bands in parentheses, Neutrophytopia bands. But, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I'm like, I have everything that I need. And right now I don't have a very specific goal I'm trying to maintain. And I also try to be realistic. I'm not going to put a unrealistic goal for myself at the situation that I can't do it. If I don't have an access to the gym, why should I set a goal that I want to squat 200 pounds? This is an unrealistic goal. So I try to make adjustment as I need through like down the line or uh, same thing with nutrition. You know, when I travel and this is also something that I try to teach my clients and I believe you guys too, that it's all about meal plate balance. Like if you're trying to design your plate to make mm -hmm. sure that you're getting enough vegetables, enough fiber, you're uh, choosing a good starchy carbohydrates as a whole food, whole grain or legumes, and you're portioning your protein size um, and you can always use your hand as a scale to make sure that you're relatively hitting your macros with uh, your hand portions. So basically, you're not going to fall off the wagon. Um, but what happens is you're if you have this mindset that like, oh, whatever, you know, fuck it, I'm traveling, I'm going to go like all in hardcore, just eat whatever. <laughs> And then that's where you're basically um, messing up your plan because you're just going off the rail right away because you're justifying yourself. You're just traveling. For me, it's always about adjustment, adjustment, adjustment as needed. Um, and this is how you can be kind to yourself because that's number one. This is a relationship that you wanted to have it with your body, your mind and your, your lifestyle. You know, some people, they travel more often. Some people, they don't. I believe the people that they travel more often, they're more used to of all those adjustments because they're always like on the go for the ones that they don't travel that often. Uh, it makes it a little bit more challenging for them in the beginning because they don't know how to do it when they're off their routines or they don't know what, what should, what should be my plan B. But then once they practice it, and that's why uh, all my clients know if they're listening to it. So, you know, like if you're traveling, you're going to see me. If you're sick, you're going to see me. If you didn't do your work, you're going to see me. So no excuses accepted uh, not to talk about it because I believe even if you failed it or even if you had lots of challenges that you couldn't get through it or you couldn't come up with solutions, I'm here for you. I'm here to figure it out, to make some better strategies for the next time that you're going to travel because these are the things that they're going to rotate in your life, like parties, like vacation, weekend trips, or like all those sort of, sort of things that those challenges, I embrace them. Challenges, it's an opportunity for learning. So if you look at it that way, then this is, this is where you're, you know, you, you're going to start growing uh, through your challenges, not feeling that there are the setbacks in your journey. This is why I love you so much action oh. over giving like taking action and pivoting and making changes instead of just giving up and saying fuck it i mean you have to learn from those opportunities as you say i'll say this to a comment to the people that are used to traveling that you talked about mm -hmm. i feel like even a lot of them that i've had uh experience with in the past a lot of the people that travel for work yeah they a lot of them still don't ha really have it together. They're just like, I eat at the airport. I eat whatever I, I get, you know, eat whatever snack I get on the plane. And then when I get off the plane, I'm starving. Right. And, and there's a lot of planning and preparation that goes into it that that a lot of people have to learn. Like you said, plan B. Right. You got to figure out what your plan B is. But I want to also make a comment on I've seen you've been you've been traveling a lot. You've gone through a lot of life changes in the past year or so. And when I see you on Instagram, I'm like, she's just getting in better shape, like <laughs> over, the last, over yeah. the last few years, even yeah. with even with the traveling. And that to me is a testament. Exactly. To you. 
can still travel and still live your life and still enjoy yourself and not just throw it all out the window and not even just maintain. I know you said now you're like, okay, I don't have, really have goals. I'm in maintenance, but you can still excel beyond your wildest expectations when you're traveling. You get what I'm saying? A hundred percent, because let me tell you that. So I came back to Boston uh, at the end of May, but uh, because I had a few photo shoots, I started a eight weeks cut period in the beginning of May. So I'm like in the middle of, you know, my cut uh, season. And then all of a sudden I'm traveling. I have all these things going on. Uh, We had a graduation. It was my birthday. And then all that changes with all the celebrations I actually lost almost six pounds since the beginning of May. So with all the changes, all the celebrations, um, and um, I still try to be on track with my goal. I still try to hit the metrics that I set for myself, but also at the same time, I try to be, I actually even got sick for two weeks. <laughs> so, so I try to also be nice to myself for the days that I can't hit those metrics uh, or the days that, you know, it's, it's super unrealistic to hit those metrics, but still I try to stick to the ones that I can. So let's say if I don't have literally any time to work out today. So I try to make sure I hit my steps and I hit my water and uh, I get my eight hours of sleep. And also I hit my protein and my macros. So it's, it's about like, what can you do with your situation? And then you just hit those and nail those metrics. And then the next day, okay, I'm going to make up my workout that I missed it the day before. But if I'm struggling with the sleep, because I stayed up, you know, we had a party, whatever. So now the sleeping is going to be something that is going to be a little bit, you know, under the weather, but it's okay. So I'm trying to like, you know, adjust as I go. And then I enhance what I can do. Uh, but absolutely the wrong, it's, it's doable, but I believe you need to get to the point that you're advanced enough that you understand how this whole mechanism works and how can you play with, you know, your nutrition versus your activity and your fitness goals in relation with your uh, workout routine. So you can just adjust and go um, and still like hit, hit the goals that you're, you're setting for yourself. I lost about 20 pounds since the beginning of pandemic. And I still have clients that they come to me and they're like, yeah, you know, since the pandemic happened, I gained like 20 pounds, 30 pounds. And then basically um, they're like, yeah, you know, I used to go to the work or I used to walk to school. Um, so the, all those activities, they're faded away or I was just depressed. I started eating and drinking. So it's like, what's your approach here? For me, um, all these changes in the world was, I, I looked at it as an opportunity that I can have a different perspective to see what can I do in this chaotic situation. I know it, it's been a difficult time for a lot of people all around the world. Um, they, they lost so many, and you know, families and relatives. But also, on the other hand, I believe all those obstacles, and you know, as you know, we just discussed a few minutes ago, they it's it comes down to your perspective and how you're going to deal with it. So if this is this is your motto, and th- this is basically my motto, <laughs> um, I think you can get through all that. And for me, it all started with immigration. So when I immigrated, I think that that was the first obstacle in my adulthood that I need to I needed to adjust. And then over the time, I was like, okay, so if I did that, then this is nothing. I can do this. I can, I can immigrate again, or I can come back again. I can travel. I can. So it's like, you just believe in yourself that if you pass through one obstacle, then the next one, you can do it. And then you just keep that positive motto. And then you try to adjust and go. Well, you get stronger as you learn more with each one of those challenges, you know how to navigate better. You also build consistency and resilience in terms of self-confidence that it's easier for you to make the adjustment and slide into moving someplace different and just getting right into a routine, finding I know you and I talked about this when you initially moved to su- to Switzerland. We talked about supermarkets and the types of yeah. food and what you were planning and where you were going to grocery shop. And those were things that were on your mind that, you know, we discussed. And it's interesting because I think people also get lost in the consistency, like basically everything that you're talking about, the consistency of the lifestyle that you lead is what's the dominant piece here. So whether you can hit every marker isn't 
always the most important, but that you're doing something consistently is what's going to perpetuate how fast you get there, how slow you get there, you know, which way you're going, you know, whether you're cutting or building or maintaining, there's always something that you're working towards. I think uh, I want to just jump in here. So one thing that you said when immigrating, right. And then you're like, okay, well I can immigrate again. I can move again. Right. Yeah. I think that the first time is always the most difficult. And then once you experience something, then you're like, okay, well, I've done this before. This is familiar. And I think it's the hardest part is that first time that you're really doing anything new, Mm -hmm. even a fitness program or Mm -hmm. whatever it is. I I think that's an important, that's a valuable lesson there is that you just got, you have to push through. You have to force yourself through that first time because the next time you do it, it's not, it's not going to be fresh for you anymore. Yeah. You can't shy away from if you like you said earlier, if you shy away and just quit and say, fuck it, you give in to the difficulty instead of rising to the challenge and leveling up. Exactly. And then you start like not believing in yourself because you feel like, yeah, every time I set a goal and then I try to make this happen, I'm not going to do I'm going to fuck this up again. And then you just lose that, uh, you know, believe in yourself. And then once that happens, then it's way harder to rebuild that relationship with yourself. But if you push through your comfort zone, and I think comfort zone is a very big, you know, um, it's it's very vague understanding that, you know, what are your comfort zone? But once you start pushing further and further over the time, you kind of start understanding like all those fears that you have, And it can be very small. I don't know. Like for me, I'm very uncomfortable, like reaching out to new people. But then I once I figure it out that this is this is my obstacle and this is my comfort zone that I prefer to hang out with people that I know. And I'm losing all these opportunities out there because I'm just so shy that to reach out to those people. So I started pushing myself. Still, it's not easy for me. It's very difficult. Uh, But I, I, you know, it's like you find those moments and those little obstacles that can be part of your personality. But some of these little things can really affect your fitness journey. And if you start like developing that um, and trying to pushing through your comfort zone, it's the same thing, you know, when you're trying to like do a bicep curl, and then you start pick up like a 10 pounds dumbbell, and then you're like, oh, 12, 13, 14, you just keep going. And then you're not going to see that much benefit of not pushing to your threshold. But if you go up with the weight a little bit more and then go ahead and pick up a 15 pounds dumbbell and then now you're like at 12 and you feel in it and then you're then you're trying to push harder to get those last few reps and that's where you're getting out of your comfort zone and this is where you're trying to push harder to get stronger. So I, I resonate that feeling from string training into my life and also bouncing it back. It's it's like, a you know, it's loophole and then it. You know, you, you, you get that from strength training, then you apply it to your life. And then same thing, vice versa, that it makes you stronger. And once, as the Ron said, pass through that first obstacle, which is always the hardest, then that's when you start growing and growing uh, uh, over the time. I think the other piece, Sama, is I think when people look at you or look at either myself or Nicole or any other fitness professional and they see all these habits that are kind of put together and they don't realize that it's it took a very long time to build and develop that over the course of a lifetime right mm-hmm. I, I mean I get from people well you look at a dumbbell and you grow right because like once that <laughs> once I'm on track once I'm on track I'm on track yeah. and that's it right but it's like all right well I mean you're talking 15 years of competitive bodybuilding right 15 years of building a physique right so the body responds differently when you're talking about all those years of consistency. I think it's important to note that these things happen over time, right? You need to push past a specific barrier or an obstacle that is that's in your way or something that is uncomfortable for you. And you just need to focus on pushing through that one thing. You don't need to push through all of the things at once. Yeah. You know what else is interesting, too? I mean, Sama and I have all kinds of deep conversations, obviously, (laughs) offline. And I think one of the best conversations you and I have have ever had is when we compared some of the obstacles that we've had as females, very different, but still very challenging for each of us. And being able to share that with each other and learn from our own obstacles, each other, but then coming together and finding out that we were actually 
experiencing the same things, even though they were under different circumstances. And so my point to that is surrounding yourself with very important people that lift you up, that push you, that challenge you. Like even before we got on this podcast, Daron and Summer are giving me a hard time about stuff and, and pushing to do different things. And you have to have that type of support system. So um, the community and the support, I think, are two really big pieces, too, that you've kept that, which is pretty interesting, even with all of your traveling and moving, all the calls that you and I have been on with, <laughs> with our girl, Anna, and all the conversations yeah. that we have. That's really important. So for our listeners, too, making sure that you have a support system and people that are also pushing in their life that help you push in yours, because that positive mindset really does drive giving you the confidence from a community standpoint a hundred percent because you know we're all human beings we all have those days that we feel like you know not motivated Mm -hmm. we're down we need somebody to lift us up or we're trying to like you know figure out ways not to do the things that we want to do but if we surround ourselves with people that they love us they they care about us and they motivate us to become a better version of ourselves not only you know, us as, you know, ourselves, but also the people that are around us. So a hundred percent, I agree with that. And, you know, it takes time um, in terms of building the habits as the own set. And I think the support system can really help you to be building a sequence of habits, one after the other. We probably all have those clients that, you know, they come into the first sessions, like, what should I do with that? What should I do with this? What about this? What about that? Um, and then they wanted to make so many changes at once. And us as coaches try to remind them that if you live this way for the past 40 years, it's almost impossible to make all these changes in a week. So you need to be patient, <laughs> like, you know, slow it down, you know, walk through this path with me. I'll, I'm here to help you to go through all those, you know, steps as needed, but it's, it's very unfortunate. And I think it's part of it is um, the 21st century lifestyle that everybody mm-hmm. wants everybody at once. And people are just so impatient to make those changes. But we all know that even drinking enough water, getting enough sleep or getting enough steps, like all these three basic fundamental habits of a healthy lifestyle they takes effort. If you can do that every single day for the next six months, for the next one year, then up to two years, then I'll give you a big thumbs up. <laughs> so you're, you're good. <laughs> so you, you got this. Okay. Uh, now we can start adding more habits to your plate. You know, it's interesting you bring that up because oftentimes I think people look at the workouts as the primary, like yes. I need to do this habit all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'll argue that the sleep and getting your daily steps in the progress that you get from those two things alone, even if you don't even touch a weight or touch, and I'm, I'm yeah. not saying right. We love resistance training, but the benefits that you get from getting adequate sleep and focusing on your steps, if you never touch a weight, that's exponential for you more than if you lift weights, don't get your steps in and don't get proper sleep. I know, but when you bring this up to a to a session, they're like, "What?" Because they're underrated. Because people think like, "Oh my god, just like getting eight hours of sleep every night and then just get ten thousand steps." I'm like, "Yes, can you do that for the next seven days?" I was like, "Yeah, I can do it." And then next week comes, mm-hmm. they're like, "Ah, oh, you know, I only got like you know five thousand that day, and then seven this day. I only got like six hours of sleep here, and then four over the." So it's like. When you put it into practice, they're like, it's not that easy because yeah. if you've been actually doing that, you, you weren't be to the point that, you know, you're here in front of me. So as, as you said, they sound very simple, but unfortunately they're very, very important and they don't take it that serious. Well, you, you make the point of putting it into practice. And I think this is a big piece everybody talks about it. And as coaches, we, we are constantly talking about it session after session, but life gets in the way. And, and I guess if, if anyone's listening and hears today's podcast, you have to understand that it doesn't matter what's going on in life. These are things that should be a priority and should be part of your lifestyle. So they should be added in and not something that you're trying to fit in the other way around. Like I work and then I get steps in. It should be, I get my steps in and I work. 
Uh, both can yeah. be just as important. Listen, I'll say this is life gets in the way is bullshit, because when you see Sama and everything that <laughs> exactly. she does, is, yeah, is, hell you're, yeah. <laughs> you're letting you're letting life get in the way is the yeah. problem. And you're, prior, you're not prioritizing the things that you need to prioritize. Right. Because from 100%. from the outside, I think anybody that follows Sama and sees the amount that she travels and the amount of, quote unquote, inconvenience in her life. Right. Yeah. Which is really just. Sama living her life, enjoying her life and, and prioritizing the things that she has to do. If you look from the outside and you look at all of the things that Sama do, does and still continues, like I said, to progress physique wise, like how can you sit there and say like, oh, I'm so busy and I have work in this and that. And I'm like, come on, no. you cannot you cannot be following Sama and still make those excuses. Exactly. I my most famous hashtag on social media is no excuses. <laughs> so it's like, I don't take any, any excuse. They're all like sounds bullshit to me because um, I also work like 50 to 60 hours a week. Um, I travel a lot. I struggle with like, you know, managing stress. Uh, I struggle with like prioritizing, you know, things that I need to get them done every single day. But, you know, once you practice it and once you understand that this is my priority, if I'm not working out, if I'm not eating healthy and if not moving enough, then I'm not functioning well that I can, you know, be able to do the other things in my life. So I make sure I hit those metrics to feel great, to feel energetic, and then I can increase my work performance. I can actually do the things that I need to get it, get them done every single day in the best fashion that I can do. So this is, this is my mentality. And then once you look at it that way, then they're, they're just easy. They're not that difficult. It's just a priority. Go ahead. I just want to jump in real quick. So it's inter <laughs> it's interesting because we talk about like, you know, when people are like, I don't have time and I'm like, all right, well, if you start doing more things, all of a sudden you have more time. It's when you're not doing anything that you feel mm -hmm. like you have no time. And then the same thing with energy. And this this is you kind of reminded me of this because you're talking about doing the things that you need to do so that you can perform better in other areas of your life. I don't have enough energy. Okay, well, you don't have enough energy because you're not expending enough energy throughout the day. And if you start exactly. expending and moving yeah. more, then A, you're going to get better sleep, but B, you're also going to become more metabolically efficient and be able to process energy better for your brain, your heart, your muscles, your entire body, your whole system, right? So when people say, I don't have time or I don't have energy, expend more energy and use more time and you will find more time and you'll find more energy. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say when I jumped on you. It's, it's really the other way around. People put the have to's, I think, in front of the should do's. Do you know what I mean by that? Like, I have to work late. Mm -hmm. I have to do this. I hear that all the time in sessions. But Nicole, I have to. I'm like, OK, you have to. But you also should get your steps in because then you won't have to feel as crappy at work or you won't feel as crappy at work. And so to your point, Jerome, it's it's really the health first and then everything else falls into place. So no, like I wanted to add on something because a lot of people say like, oh, I hate walking or I don't like, you know, I don't enjoy strength training or I don't like vegetables, chicken, uh, vegetables. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So and then and then they become excuses because they don't get to enjoy them. And I'm like, you didn't even expose yourself to try it uh, for a period of time that you can actually see the benefit of it. And then once you see the benefit of it, once you feel that you're more energetic during the day, your brain function is better. And then you, you also feel more satiated because you're eating more protein. Yeah. Hell yeah. You're going to love that chicken breast. Hell yeah. You're going <laughs> to love walking outside because your cortisol level is down and now you're less stressed. Now you can sleep better. So then, you know, they don't allow enough time to build a routine that they start actually feeling the benefit of it. They try one thing for two days. They're like, eh, no, I don't like this. And then they jump around and then try the other thing. But then when it comes down to the solid foundation routine of a healthy lifestyle, it's very simple. Drink enough water, get enough sleep, get enough protein, get your steps, do resistant training. They're like few things that you need to do. But then if you put it that way, they're like, yeah, it sounds very simple. Uh, but then on the other hand, if you want to practice every single day with through all those obstacles, getting sick, you know, traveling, uh, you know, your, your child is sick, you're moving and then you bought a new house. And then like all those things, if you look at like three, 65 days that we have in a year, 
I believe almost 300 days out of the year, it's all the obstacles, maybe like 65 days. That they're, they're <laughs> yeah, days that easy. They're okay. Yeah, they're easy. <laughs> so, you know, if you're just relying on, you know, those days, mm-hmm. I mean, trust me, I have more, you know, out of seven days, probably five days of the week, I don't feel great to get to do, do those stuff. But once I do them, I feel great. That dopamine is rushing through my head. I'm like, hell yeah, I accomplished it again. <laughs> I feel good when I'm, you know, in, in the bed and I'm trying to see what did I achieve today. And it's just, you know, it, it's a great feeling. And you just wanted to do it again every single day. Tom, I think what you're kind of referring to is when people are waiting for the perfect scenario, exactly. perfect situation, yeah. the, the perfect day. Never the, happens. The weather's <laughs> got to be perfect, right? Yeah. It's too hot to walk. It's too cold to walk. <laughs> I know. There's, there's, there's always extremes. So you got to just jump in. I want to switch gears a little bit. I want to talk about your move from the U.S. to, I mean, mm. you've moved around quite a bit right from Iran to the US. And now from the US to Switzerland, I want to ask you if there are differences that you find in the culture around food from the US Mm. to Switzerland. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that I was very shocked in the beginning, because the first week it was, you know, it's like, you know, when you go for job hunting, it was gym hunting and also grocery <laughs> shopping hunting. So I was I was trying to, you know, look into like different grocery stores, different gyms all around the city and to see which one are more convenient, which one they have better products and, you know. So, um I the first impression was like, "Oh my god, fruits and vegetables, they taste amazing." Mm. I I picked a strawberry, it looked very pale. And I was like, ah, whatever. So I came home. I I had a bite. I was like, oh my God, this is like (laughs) literally the best strawberry I've ever had in my life. That was the first thing, especially with like fruits and vegetables. The second thing that I really liked, um, because every time that I traveled to Europe um, uh, in other countries, I never found cottage cheese and I love cottage cheese. And that's like a big part of my protein intake every day. And uh, Switzerland, they have cottages everywhere. If you even go to uh, hotels um, at their you know, breakfast buffet, you can also find cottages, which is very great. But what I don't like about it is like they don't have that much variety of meat products. Uh, unfortunately, even like the quality of the meat, it's not that good. Even at the some like fancy restaurants, they come to you and they're like, yeah, you know, this is steak is from the US. And I'm like... Okay. So like, so yeah, they even export like import um, uh, bread meats from the US. So I I haven't get to enjoy that much of a good quality, um, uh, I would say meat products. Um, and they don't have that much of a variety. Like I never found any ground turkey, which is one of my favorites. So I've been like killing myself since I came here. <laughs> turkey patties <laughs> so wait um, do you think that that is a product of you moving there post pandemic and their shortages or is that just you think that's always like that it's i think because it's just so expensive so uh literally the price of meat and poultry it's almost double than the u.s so I don't know if they have shortage or it's just expensive from the get go. I don't know. And you don't even see that many, you know, bigger portion of meat packages in the stores yeah. that normally like in the U.S. You go even to yeah. Whole Foods. Like, there's a goes like you can get. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my Costco is crazy. But even like I'm saying, like, you know, at the smaller grocery stores like Whole mm-hmm. Foods or Trader Joe's, you go in, they have like big uh, packages of like, you know, chicken breast or chicken thigh. Um, and then you can always like buy them in bulk, mm-hmm. but you go to Switzerland, there's like literally like one piece chicken breast or two <laughs> pieces. And I'm like, okay, so this is not even like one meal for a household of two. So um, yeah, that, that was something because I also, you know, eat animal products and meat twice a day for lunch and dinner. So that like, you know, price wise, and you know, that was one of the expenses that I was paying extra in Switzerland, but also um, there, 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 there aren't that much of variety either. And then what else? Like uh, the dairy products are very good. Uh, they have something called Quark, which is a dairy product, which is very high in protein. I really like that. We don't have that in the US. So that brought a little bit more variety in my dairy products. So not just having Greek yogurt and cottage cheese. Um, so <laughs> That was a great addition too. And it, it tastes very good. I, I like quark. Yeah, I think that's about it pretty much. I just read a, a statistic while you were uh, 
talking because I was curious about this. Um, apparently, the U.S. wastes more food than really any other country. Wow, so I, I think me. I think there's a lot to be said for you talking about big packages of mm. of of mm. things. I think a lot of that is ends up being waste. Yeah. And I think a lot of our culture here in America is very different in terms of like this is the U.S. is a country of abundance. Yeah, we well, right? talk about portion. And it's get what you pay for. And mm-hmm. we want more for less money. And we yeah. want a lot of it and a lot of food. I mean, I, I'm curious about this. And I don't know if you've looked at this or paid attention to it. And if not, maybe you will pay attention to it now. I don't know if you've ever gone gone to a grocery store and looked at other people's shopping carts. Oh, yeah. my God. I do that all, yes. the, time. all the time. I'm curious <laughs> about too. looking at other people's shopping carts here versus there. And mm. if you feel like there's a difference there. Well, have you ever seen someone... I was just in the grocery store a couple of days ago and there was they had two grocery carts full of food. What? This one woman now, obviously, maybe she has a big family. I mean, who knows? But I did think, wow, that is a lot, a lot of food. And a lot of it was like cereals and chips and mm-hmm. soda. And, you know, it's not like she was buying an entire cart of broccoli and cauliflower and vegetables and <laughs> healthy proteins it was literally all like packaged processed stuff i think the biggest difference is uh the sizes of the uh grocery carts because Ooh, um in, in yeah because in um in switzerland uh, i mean majority in europe people they do their grocery and then they walk home so if you're buying too many stuff mm. at once, it's almost impossible to take them home. Not that many people, they have a car. So um, when I used to live in the U.S., um, I used to always drive to the grocery store for the majority of the time. I mean, even though if I really was into like walking and doing a little grocery store uh, tour, but normally I used to drive and then I used to go once a week and then buy everything that I need. But in Switzerland, I believe I probably do grocery shopping three to four times a week, sometimes even once a day, because number one, the grocery store right next door, and it's just so convenient. I can just go literally downstairs two minutes later, I can just come back home uh, with with a bag of grocery shops. But um, also, on the other hand, because I need to walk and I need to carry the bags, so it's it, it need it basically... Uh, I need to do m- multiple trips every single uh, week, but it actually, it's nice because, you know, we have this exercise called Sweetie Scary. So mm-hmm. it's a very good ex- exercise for, you know, building uh, grip, grip strength, strength and also <laughs> <laughs> core strength. And I really like that. And I always think like, you know, and I always use this example for even my clients. I'm like, if you're at the age of your, you know, sixties or seventies, you need to be able to walk your grocery bags because these are the basically um, a regular functionality every single day that we all need. Um, and it's a good test and it's a good practice. So if you're walking outside for 10 minutes, it's not a big effort. But if you're walking with two bags of, you know, grocery shops, so that, that that's definitely an exercise. Uh, and then you definitely feel it. And if you're not losing your grip, that means you have a strong arm. So it's like, you know, it's just res- yeah. resonate your strength level too. And that's, I think it's the biggest difference when I compare um, the way that we do shopping, grocery shopping in the U.S. comparing to Switzerland. I think even in the U.S., there's a difference from person to person. And I want to give this example. I did a reel on Instagram of me doing that that cold brew reel, the cold brew and protein. <laughs> Yeah. And I had opened my fridge. You could you took a little look in my refrigerator and a buddy of mine was like, dude, he's like, I saw I saw your fridge and I kind of feel like I want to feed you and buy you groceries. It's like basically <laughs> empty. Like are, he's like, are you OK? And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm fine. I don't I don't need to stuff the fridge like right. everything I eat like it's I go weekly. Eat it. Yeah. I go weekly. I buy fresh, fresh. Pro- fresh produce. I mean, the fruit now goes bad in in a few days sometimes. So I buy fresh produce. I buy what I need for the week. I buy the protein portions that I need. Maybe I have some stuff in the freezer, too, that, you know, I kind of save for later if I buy some things in bulk. But I think there's also a difference here between a fitness oriented person and somebody who is I I don't want to say not because this buddy of mine is also kind of fitness oriented, but it's different lifestyles. Right. Mm. And I'm like, I. 
I've seen some refrigerators where they're just like packed to the max, like I know yogurt stacked up and like <laughs> like you open up their cupboards and it's snacks everywhere. And I'm just like, it's just not what my house looks like. I know. I hate it. Even like um, even when I was living in the U.S., uh, I never had a, a membership to Costco because I hated that place because mm-hmm. I'm like, why should I go and buy in bulk for two people? Like if I had a big family, yeah. I understand. But I don't want to like stack up things in my fridge, even like in my freezer. Normally it's pretty empty or I just keep like Like, one or two items just in case if I really need to and I'm running out of things. But it's if if you can actually buy fresh produce um, every single week, why you should just stack them up. Yeah, I mean, especially if you have access to it. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with, uh, you know, shortages, if we're going to have more shortages and maybe I should buy some things in bulk, maybe some more frozen fruit or frozen vegetables that may last a little bit longer, but you know, pretty much everything I buy is fresh. Yeah. That's so amazing. It's, you're never going to see, you're never going to see the refrigerator really stuffed. You're just going to see the, the essentials. And that's yeah. pretty much it. Big Cito has a little fridge. What about, <laughs> so you mentioned, you mentioned eating out in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Um, everywhere. Everywhere. And <laughs> do you find a difference in portion size? Uh, I do. Yes. If you wanted to compare like uh, Swiss food, uh, portions are smaller, but don't think that they're, they're less calories because they do eat lots of cheese. Uh, so they have a traditional uh, f- a meal, which is called fondue. It's literally like a bowl of cheese that you put it um, uh, on a heater and then you start like dipping things into it. So it's like a legit, like, you know, fat consumption. And uh, they also have another special meal, which is called raclette. And that's where you're putting uh, cheese on a little heater. And then you shovel that on a potato and then you eat potato with cheese. They do have some other traditional meals that it does, that they do have uh, meat in it. I, I believe they're a little bit more balanced in terms of macros, but I haven't seen, or maybe I haven't experienced yet that much of a good amount of vegetables into their meals. Uh, so that I think that's the biggest part, which is missing. I did, well, I was just going to say potato and cheese sounds fantastic. I know it's yummy. It's so good. <laughs> We can't even get our females to eat carbs, let alone oh, no. potato and cheese. Can you believe it? People will have a heart attack. It's like, oh, do you eat like cheese over potato? Like, yeah, I did. Or even butter and potato. Yeah. Yum, yum, yum. So we had a question here for you on a separate topic. Home workouts versus gym workouts, because you do program both of them. Mm-hmm. I feel like I probably already know the answer to this, but your preference in terms of training clients or coaching people home workouts versus gym workouts? That's a great question. Um, Sama as like, maybe if you asked me this question three, four years ago, I would definitely say yes uh, to gym. But right now I would say no to either of them because uh, what I believe is what they can adhere in terms of consistency. So if they can actually stick to a home workout program, but they can do it consistently. So I would say I would love to train you at home, but if, um, if it's vice versa, then the answer would be gym. Do you feel like there's a threshold that you can only, that you can only achieve if you have access to a gym? Depends on their goal. So majority of the clients that they come to us, uh, they have a weight loss goal. And um, I believe for those type of clients, what we need to really focus on is uh, building up the routine and the consistency. And if they're, you know, doing a progressive overload and they can always progressively overload in different fashion, like, Mm -hmm. right, they can increase reps. We can also add supersets and tri-sets. We can add quarter reps, uh, triple contraction. Tempo training. training. Exactly. There is like so many ways. Uh, you know, if, if you're a good trainer out there, you can absolutely crush a, a, a client's workout session uh, with different variety of um, programming. And I can, I, I believe that they can absolutely see good results. But if uh, the client's goal is body recomposition and 
they wanted to gain muscle and they already build a good foundation, then the answer to that is no, they definitely need to have an access to the gym and or at least access to heavier amount of weights. I do have clients that they specifically design the room in their house that they have racks and, you know, plates or even like heavier sets of dumbbells and kettlebells that they can absolutely crush a great workout without needing uh, an access to the gym. So it depends uh, to the client how much they can invest to a home workout facility versus um, if they prefer to go to the gym. Also, in terms of motivation, for a lot of people, we can see that they feel more motivated to go to the gym and see other people that they're suffering too. Uh, (laughs) And also vice versa, that there are some people that they feel insecure and they don't feel uh, comfortable to work out at a gym facility because they're still like, you know, they don't know what they're doing and they don't know about their techniques and they feel like, you know, they're under pressure that people are judging them. So it's like, you know, I, I always try to get rid of those obstacles for clients. I'm like, if you're feeling that way, Forget about like signing up for a gym right now. Let's get you comfortable squatting. Let's get you comfortable working out by yourself in your little room, not having anybody see you. And then just get first thing first, get comfortable with exercising. It's difficult to learn exercise techniques in the beginning for somebody who is brand new to resistant training. It's, it's learning a new language. And I, and I always say, focus on that. And then once you achieve that, then once you start like, you know, building more momentum and doing a little progressive at home. Right now you only have a two pounds dumbbell. That's okay. Let's go ahead and buy a five pounds. And then two months later, go and buy a 10 pounds. And then you get to the point is like, well, I don't want to like keep buying more weights. I'm like, okay, but now you're to the point. It's like six months later and you feel comfortable. You're already, you know, been progressively overloading for the past six months. So maybe it's the time to go and sign up for a gym membership around in your neighborhood and they're like yeah let's do it so actually this week 12 my clients signed up for a gym membership after quite a while so it's it's a matter of time but it's not necessary for people that they're super brand new to resistant training to sign up to the to the gym right away yeah i love that question that's something that we were talking about offline is like where is the threshold of progression and you know cuz i had a couple of people this week same thing finally come back into the gym or sign up for the gym or re-sign up for the gym. And, you know, it's also exciting because of the support part you mentioned, seeing other people in the gym and kind of getting motivated to push yourself because now you're around other people that are like-minded, like we talked about earlier. And it's, it's really cool. And then they get new programs. And that's the other thing too. I think, or at least I find with clients that it's great working out at home, but there is some, I don't know, push or drive or if you're competitive in any way, like we are, uh, it's fun to go in and like, you know, work out with someone and get a workout buddy with accountability or having someone to spot you as you get more advanced. So I, I don't think it's necessary at the beginning either, but I do think it should be a natural progression in your, you know, growth of training. I think eventually it's necessary. Yeah. At, yeah, at some absolutely. Point. Right. You get to a point where you're like, okay, I've outgrown my my home gym and I need to go somewhere else. Sama, the last thing I want to ask you for today, and I think this will be super helpful and useful uh, for our audience, given that you travel a bunch and, you know, you you continue to stay on track with the nutrition. What are some go to items that you have food wise when you're traveling? Yeah, absolutely. So uh protein powder that's going to be your best friend in terms of protein intake and there are also some other variations that you can find it anywhere you know maybe at the airport or at even like small grocery stores which is like a liquid protein shakes um they're very easy like Fairlife has one and it has like 25 and there's another one which is like 35 grams of protein uh, so those are like an easy options. Uh, I'm not a big fan of protein bars, but they can be also handy at some situations that you don't have so many options for protein. Uh, the tuna packs are great. You get like 20, 25 grams of protein there. It's simple, easy. You can get a salad anywhere. You know, I remember when you discovered mm. those tuna packs. <laughs> yeah. The little bumblebee with the little spoon. I was like, with damn, spoon. this is so, uh, yeah, I, I especially like get the ones that, that it comes with the spoon because I'm like, well, how should I eat that tuna pack? I can just like toss it in my mouth. But I, the ones that it has the spoon is just so good. And it's so convenient. Um, 
in terms of protein intakes. And then a piece of fruit, that's an easy one. You go to Starbucks, you can grab an apple, you can grab a banana uh, for your fiber, for your carbohydrates. Um, and in terms of fat, I always go with nuts uh, when I'm on the go. Uh, and if I put them all together, you grab a protein shake and then you grab a bag of almonds and uh, a banana, that's a meal there, right? So you want to make sure that you get balanced macros in a meal and it doesn't necessarily sometimes needs to be super fancy. I remember that we had our train had a stop. Uh, we were going from Switzerland to France um, and it was like pretty late. It was like around 10 p.m. And the only place which was open, it was a Burger King. And I was like, Burger King? Okay, it's a fast food. Let's see what we're going to find. <laughs> and then I go in and then I'm like, well, they have a salad. Amazing. I love Burger King. So I ordered a salad. I ordered the burger. I tossed the burger over the salad and that was a meal there. So it's just like you're trying to be creative even in the situations that you go to a McDonald's. I remember once uh, we were basically lost in, <laughs> uh, in Grand Canyon and we need to detour and then uh, go to a different route. And uh, it was pretty late. We actually um, couldn't uh, go because of the heavy snow. And uh, we ended up in a different hotel in a different town just to stay for the night. Uh, but we were starving. Uh, we were basically lost in the road for hours and hours. And there was no help. And then once we got to that McDonald's, we we're sitting, and it was just me and my husband and 12 of our friends. I'm like looking at the menu and I'm like, okay, oh, they have a salad. Amazing. Okay, I'm going to order the salad. And then my friend was like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> you were under so much stress and now you're like worrying about your salad and your chicken. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to eat like, you know, I mean, it, it, I, I don't remember when was the last time I was at McDonald's, but since I'm here, I'm going to make a better choice. No matter what, I was under stress. Okay, problem. But I, I want to make sure I'm feeding my body the proper way. So it's like, you know, all those little perspective that in the moment, even in the situation, sometimes you just justify yourself and you allow yourself just to eat like whatever, but you can always be smarter to make a better food choice um, within that situation. And I always say you can even find a good balanced meal at Chick-fil-A, at McDonald's, at Burger King. They're fast foods, but you can make a little bit of a choice. You can get a burger with a lettuce wrap. You can always ask for a side salad. So th those are those are the options that you always prioritize that meal plate balance, as I said. I think one of the obstacles initially with uh, individuals kind of going through their process is when hunger kicks in mm. and those yeah. other and those options that are not optimal are available. They default yeah. to those. Yeah. And the reality is, is what I tell people is once you eat something, and get food in your system, it doesn't matter what it is, th those cravings are going to be gone. So you have to just have the I don't like defaulting to willpower, but I'm going to say you have to have the willpower to say, I'm still going to stay on track. I'm at McDonald's. I'm going to put together the healthiest thing that I can. And I'm not just going to default to a Big Mac just yeah. because I'm craving. The only reason I'm craving is because I'm hungry. Exactly. Or you're hangry. You're hangry. Yeah, hangry. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I also think too the emotional piece to that, like when you're stressed, it's hard to handle calming yourself down enough to make good decisions. Like I think anxiety and stress go hand in hand and then people do the whole fuck it. I'm getting a Big Mac, a shake and a large fry. Even if you wanted something like that, get a happy meal like the kids meal. It's a basic it's a hamburger. It's a small fry and you can, you know have a water or have a small soda. Like you can still mm. even enjoy things like that on a smaller scale. If you are feeling stressed and anxious and you need a little bit of comfort food, I'm all about balance when it comes to stuff like that. So you have the option of having a salad with the burger, feeding yourself well. And we also know that when you feed well, you crave healthy foods. If you feed poorly, you crave poor foods. So which lane are you going to, you know, stand in? Exactly. And a bonus to that, if you have a partner, it's a bonus. So you can share things. <laughs> you so can share things. You there can, you yeah. Go. yeah, you can get, get a soda and then you can share. You can get mm -hmm. a French fries and you can share. So yeah, it's not, it doesn't feel like you're missing it out. So you still can have it. As you said, Nicole, it's just all about the balance. But 
it all it also you know comes down to what are the choices that you're making are they smarter or they're just you know mindless uh most of yes. the people that people are just eating mindlessly mm. because they don't pay attention to what they're you know putting into their mouth or they're also not educated that's the other piece like they don't know how they should eat they don't know what are the good food choices i mean yes to some degree some people know like yeah eating you know salads vegetables you know protein is good for you but you know how you're putting them all together and how you're balancing your day in terms of calories and macros you need to be educated and if you're not educated you need to go and find somebody to help you or at least you know put put some effort into it um listen to eat right nutrition podcast <laughs> or <laughs> you know go through some courses to educate yourself about all that stuff yeah i think it's bringing like you bring up a good point it's bringing it all together tying it yeah. all together it's everybody knows that hey i should eat more protein i should have more vegetables i should have more fruit right all the fundamentals and then you know, you get you get a lot of the people that say, OK, well, I know what to do. I just don't do it. And it's like, well, you don't really know. First yeah. of all, you you need help if you if you're just not doing it, first and foremost. But second, you don't really know how to kind of put those together. Right. Like you can go to a McDonald's or you can go to a Burger King and you could say, OK, well, I, I'm going to eye out something and it's probably going to be roughly ballpark. I'm pretty much going to know where I'm, where I am, where I stand calorically speaking. And you need to learn that and you need to have experience practicing that to be able to put yourself or throw yourself into those situations and make the right choices and still fall within the parameters that you set for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Sama, awesome conversation as always. And we love you and having you on this podcast. And I think that you're a great example for our audience. So I thank you for coming on. I think with all of the, the things that you've experienced in your life and all of the traveling and you still being resilient and being able to just step up to the challenge and stay on track and continue to every day be the better version of yourself. I think that that is something for everybody listening to this podcast to try to aspire to, uh, including myself. Um, I think, you know, I love everything that you're doing. I love seeing your progress and I love seeing your growth. And uh, I look forward to the next time we get you on the e Right Nutrition podcast <laughs> and seeing where your life is then. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much again for having me on this episode. It's been my honor to be back here. And uh, I had so much fun to talk with you guys as always. If you enjoyed this episode, click subscribe, give us five stars, write a review, share this with a friend, and you'll hear us next week. 